Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know, we're continuing, actually, we're continuing with what we've, the focus of where we've been going for the last few weeks, but we're actually morph, morphing into something that, that is going to take this a, a step farther, a step beyond anything that we've really, that we've really talked about yet. Today, we're going to talk about the knowledge of good and evil. Now, this is one of those crucial topics that has to do with the law of first reference. You know, the law of first reference tells us that if we really want to understand something in its simplest, most basic form, we need to go back to the first time it occurred. Like if there's a particular word that I'm researching, one of the things I'm going to do is I want to go to the first time that Hebrew word was used in the Bible. Because how it was used the first time gives me some simplicity and some clarity in how to understand it when it's used in, in future applications. So one of the things that I do nearly every year, uh, and sometimes I'll do it and, and I'll do it for months at a time, nearly every year I go back and study Genesis chapter 3 where man brought sin into the world. And every time I go there and study that and study the, the original language and pray over it and meditate, I always walk away with something incredibly profound. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't understand the dynamics of what happened between God and man and the consequences of what happened between God and man there in Genesis 3, then we will never understand what happens between God and man and why it happens and how it happens for the rest of the entire Bible. Uh, and so because many times people don't go back to Genesis 3 to understand the struggle that man has with sin, to understand what sin is, to understand uh, uh, why we have battles with faith, to understand all of these very basic, simple daily things is because we don't really understand the dynamics of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. You know, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, there, there's several things, that, and this is not the point of my message, but I just, I just want to show you this, and we'll, we'll be talking about this again in a future time. See, we have this concept that when, that when man sinned, that God cursed the earth uh, as punishment for man, and that God basically cursed the man and the woman. And the real truth is the language does not bear that out. In all, in all of these scenarios, man and woman got what they wanted. And so when they began to pursue, the, to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you have to understand that, that 
the, the curse that came, and the Bible says the curse causeless shall not come. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I hear people all the time, and they're running around talking about, okay, I'm free from the curse of the law. I'm free from the curse of the law. But you know what? I don't think they really understand that much about what, it, what the curse of the law is. Because, you see, there are curses that are not uh, curses of the law. In other words, there are, for example, but see, when we think about a curse, we think about something that God does to us as punishment. You know, uh, if, if you, I've used this example many times. If you were to climb up on top of your house and decide to dive straight off, you know, I got, I've got a two-story house over here. And so, you know, the, the, the point, the apex of my, of my roof is probably about 30 feet. So if you do a, a, a nosedive off of that house, you are violating the law of gravity. And so if you violate the law of gravity, you suffer the consequences of a violation of that law, which means you're going to jump off. You're going to probably break your neck, crack your skull. Uh, in, uh, in any number of ways, you're either going to kill yourself, paralyze yourself, or live the rest of your life uh, uh, you know, as, as a vegetable. Now, that is not something that God decides to do to you for being stupid. That is not something that comes about because you have violated a commandment of God. That is something that comes about as a natural consequence of violating uh, uh, the laws of nature that God put in place. And so our problem is when we think of curse, we think of something that God does or that God brings onto us. The reality of it is most of the curses in the Bible that happened uh, that, that we can define, they came about because they were consequences of a person getting what they wanted. They, they defied God's uh, uh, encouragement and wisdom. They defied God's warnings and just said, this is the way I'm going to get what I want. And so they pursued it based on their understanding of good and evil. And, and they proclaimed in their own heart that getting whatever it was they wanted, the way they wanted it was good. It was going to be a good thing. Well, the problem is, is when we violate God's word, we're just violating God's wisdom. Stop and think about it like this. Since God created us as free will agents, as free will beings, then it would have been irresponsible and unkind and unloving uh, on his part to give us a free will, but then not provide an instruction book. Man, how many times have I heard people say, man, you come into life and you don't get an instruction book. Yes, you do. You get an instruction book, but you turn it into a bunch of religious nonsense, a bunch of religious legalism, a religious mysticism, and, and don't find the practical value in it. And because we don't trust who God is, we don't trust that what he's telling us is actually for, for our own good. But you get a book that says, you know, if, if you do this, these, these things are going, to be, are going to happen. Now, when Adam and Eve got instructions from God where he says, he says, you know, don't partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day that you do, you will surely die. Now, now we read that and I can remember before I got saved a couple of times when I read the Bible, which was actually uh, pretty bizarre because I, uh, when I was about uh, 
17 years, 16, 17 years old, and I lived out by myself, and I had a house and out in the middle of the, out in the, middle of the woods and where my band could practice, I, uh, I would sometimes sit up at night, drink whiskey, and read the Bible because I was looking for God, you know? And, and trust me, I was ignorant enough uh, just all by myself, but when you, you mix a little Jack Daniels with the situation, you can get dumber than you can actually believe. But, but so, you, you know, you read that, you know, the day that you eat, you shall surely die. And you think, well, they didn't die. So God really didn't tell them the truth. Well, the problem is, we're, we're number one, we are reading words that were spoken very probably in Hebrew. Hebrew, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as many people are concerned, Hebrew is the language of God. It is the language that God spoke. It's the language he spoke to create the world. And it's the language that he chose to communicate his truth with Israel, his chosen nation. And, and so, and we got a problem because there are concepts in Hebrew that can't be effectively translated into English. Now, that's a problem. People say, well, that's not fair. That's not right. How does God expect me to get it? Well, I'll tell you something. Most of this stuff I didn't get from studying the language. I got from just reading a good translation of the Bible, praying, meditating, and, and allowing God to speak to my heart. And then later I would go back and confirm it in, in the language. Uh, when what God actually said, and by the way, let me say this too. Then we had a problem of when the King James Version of the Bible was translated, the doctrine of the Church of England had already been established. And so they're trying to translate this from the Latin and the doctrine of the Catholic Church has already been established. So you have two church organizations who the way they translate the Bible, they're going to translate it to support the doctrine they have already put in place, even though it might not really be in the Bible. So you have, you, you have language problems that can't be solved, and then you have language problems that could have been solved if they weren't so stinking religious. But in the Hebrew, it's more of a concept of this. In the day that you eat of this, you will uh, institute or are, are set in motion what will cause your death. And so death was not God's punishment to man for partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Death was the fruit that would come about because man would now leave God out of how he made his decisions and he would trust in his interpretation of good and evil and, uh, and it would be that very thing that would cause their death and their destruction. Now, I also want you to understand, now we know that man's nature changed. Man, man went from being a living soul to becoming flesh. Now, the soul is the realm where you experience things. You experience them, everything emotionally, and, it's, and it's, it's the realm of understanding and thought and this sort of thing. So before man became flesh, he, his soul was really under the primary influence of his spirit and under the primary influence of, you know, of God and God communicating directly to him. So 
What man was experiencing in his soul was life, a living soul, a life soul, and a live soul. So life was just permeating his soul. So his soul was filled with the emotions and the thoughts and the, and the, and the reality of being alive to God and being this, 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 this person that has this capacity to, to connect with God and, and all these wonderful things. Now, the problem is when man said, I want to choose good and evil, I do not want you being the primary influence on how I think. I do not want you being, you know, I don't want what you say to become the primary influence on how I feel about me or how I feel about life. Well, your, your soul is going to be influenced either by your spirit or by your flesh. That's the only two options. And so the flesh, just like the spirit, you know, the spirit seeks, seeks to gratification and fulfillment, but it seeks gratification and fulfillment through connecting to God, through spiritual realm. Your flesh seeks gratification by fulfilling the lusts or the desires or the appetites of, of, your, of your natural body. So when man became flesh because he, he rejected God, as, really he rejected God as Lord. He didn't reject him as creator. He rejected him as Lord. I don't want you as Jehovah Rohi. I don't want you leading me. I don't want you telling me what I need to do. I want to do this for myself because I want to be my own God. And so as such, now his soul is dominated by, or his, yeah, his soul is dominated by uh, his flesh. So, so all of his decisions now are going to be made to gratify the flesh. And the Bible teaches very clearly, if you, you know, if you, if you live by the lust of the flesh, you will die. I mean, even uh, the apostle Paul tells that to believers after they're born again. If you, you know, if you are a servant to the flesh, then you are going to become a servant to sin and you're going to destroy yourself. It's just that simple. God's not going to destroy you, but you're going to destroy yourself. So, so when, when Adam and Eve were moved by, by desire. And honestly, the sin issue was already at work in them before they actually partook of the fruit because they believed a lie. They believed a lie that the serpent told them that said, look, you, you know, number one, you're not going to die when you eat this. Number two, you're really going to be like God yourself. Number three, implying that you can't trust God, that God has been holding out on you. He's been telling you that you're like him, but you're really not like him. And if you'll do this, you can. So, so when, when, when they believed a lie, sin was already present. Now, let's talk about the word sin just for a minute because this is really important. You know, the word sin is just so totally mistranslated, misapplied, mis misunderstood, because all we think about sin is the things I do wrong. Well, the real truth is the heart of sin starts by what you believe. When you believe anything about yourself that is less than God, what, what God uh, says you are, says about you, then the truth is you are in sin because you're missing the mark. What do you mean missing the mark? You know, we think of missing the mark as, okay, I did something wrong, and so that's missing the mark. No. We miss the mark of the glory of God. So instead of me 
hitting the mark of who I really am in relationship to God, hitting the mark of, what, of all the promises of God that are mine, hitting the mark of everything that I have in Jesus. Instead of hitting that mark of all this that God has for me, I'm going to miss that mark, which means I am not going to partake in all of these wonderful things. It's not just whether you do something wrong or don't do something wrong. It's the belief that leads you to living as less than you really are uh, in relationship to God. So, so Eve wanted to share this with her husband and not with God. So what happened to women? Well, God said because of Eve, you know, from that time forward, women's desire would be to their husbands. You know, I tell women all the time, if you're being dominated by your husband, and husbands, I'm not trying to get them in rebellion. I'm trying to help them be great wives that, that will love you and not despise you. Uh, it's like, it, 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 you know, as long as you're being dominated by your husband, you are yielding to the curse because the, because the curse, when woman got what she wanted, then she was forever then subject to her husband. Man wanted to be God. Now, God had already given dominion of planet earth to man. So man wanted to be God. So, so now uh, uh, man is trying to rule planet earth totally independent of God. And of course, you know, we, we read in the scripture where it says, you know, uh, uh, or we, we, we extra extrapolate from the scripture and we think that we're reading it to say that, that, I'm going to curse the earth because of you. That's not what it says. Even in the English, it doesn't say that. In the English, it says, because of you, the earth is cursed or the ground is cursed. Now, something about Adam, he ruled over planet earth. He had dominion over planet earth. If Adam changed and he was no longer following, yielding to the wisdom, the spirit of God, and, and letting God show him the difference between good and evil, then the earth has to become cursed because it is now being managed and the decisions that will influence everything. The, the, you know, all the decisions that, 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 affect, uh, that affect the ecology, all the decisions that affect the economy, all the social systems, all, all of these things that are so corrupt are pretty much all the consequences of mankind making decisions independent of God. God didn't want this for man. Man chose this for himself, and man put himself in a situation to have to live in all of these consequences. By the way, let me just interject something right here just for a minute. You know, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about Impact Unlimited. And, and you know, I'm so passionate about Impact Unlimited because I am looking for ways to make disciples. And you know, it's an amazing thing in the business world. You know, when I, when I was in the business world, I knew I had to invest in myself. I knew if I wanted to grow as an entrepreneur, I knew that if I wanted to grow in, in financial success and management success, I knew that I had to invest in myself. And so every dollar that I made, there was a portion of that money that I spent on education, that I spent on learning something. I spent on going to seminars and buying books and all of these kinds of things because I knew that if I did not invest in myself, I would stay right where I was the rest of my life. Well, that's one of the things that a disciple does. A disciple invests in themselves. Now, I'm telling you what, we put as much out there for free as we possibly can. And, but, you know, what we're doing with Impact Unlimited, and this will be uh, the last 
uh, week that you'll have to participate in this unique offer that we're bringing you uh, through Impact Unlimited, where for pennies a day, you can have access to you know, my material, to my books. You can go through heart physics, essential heart physics. We're going to offer that. Uh, now, we're not going to be, that's not going to be there all the time. We're offering you the chance to do that right now. Basically, we're going to be giving away about probably two, three hundred thousand dollars worth of material. Uh, and we got to cover our costs. I mean, we have to have a charge for it because we have to cover our costs. Now, you can get all, almost all this stuff for free, but you just can't go as deep here on these broadcasts. But I just want to remind you, and I'm, you know, this will be the last week I'm going to be talking to you about this. If you are a disciple, if you're a person who is wanting to make this journey and you want to become a part of our transformation workshops that we're going to offer through Impact Unlimited, which means every three months or thereabouts, we're going to have a very unique workshop that's going to take you on a journey uh, from, being a, from being a believer to a, a disciple, to a servant, to a leader, and, and move you along this path that God has created for you to develop yourself, for you to invest in yourself uh, in, a way that, uh, in, in a way that few people will ever have the opportunity. So be sure and check out moveyourboundaries.com. This is going to be the last week you can do it and, uh, and get in before we close the doors to enrollment. All right, I want to jump back on this. Now, the Bible calls Satan an angel of light. Now, I've heard all kinds of all kinds of concepts about what the people think that that, that means, and you know, uh, uh, many times people try to apply that analogy to preachers that they don't like, that they don't think are preaching the truth, and says, "Well, yeah, he's an angel of light, but he he's he's not really a real. It's, you know, it's fake. He's not really the light." Well, actually, light refers to to knowledge or enlightenment, <clears throat> and so Satan presents himself as a messenger of enlightenment. Now, you've got to you got to be saying what a messenger of enlightenment. What does that mean? Now, let me tell you something. You want to write this down. I'll say more about this in upcoming weeks. But you need to understand something. The greatest threat to America and the world are the elitist who believe themselves to be enlightened, and because they see themselves as being enlightened, then really the rest of the world who is still in darkness is just too stupid to make decisions for themselves. So it's up to them to form a one world government whereby they will tell people what to think, where, whereby they will make the decisions for people that they are just too stupid to make for themselves. And all of that, anytime you see people trying to make decisions for everybody else and force their views onto everybody else. You are looking at someone who is probably deliberately or ignorantly uh, uh, manifesting themselves as an elitist and elitists destroy people. They take, their, they take people's lives away from them. Now, Lu Luciferian doctrine and Luciferian doctrine is the doctrine that drives all the governments of the world. 
Luciferian doctrine is what is, is the doctrine that drives the corrupt economy. And in the book of and in the book of Revelation, you know, it talks about the great harlot and, the, and how that the great harlot, you know, deceived the nations. And, and, and because of the great harlot, you know, saints were killed and and, and God's people were were destroyed. And as you read, I think it's Revelation 17, as you read uh, you know, about the great harlot and, and when Babylon the great falls, then then you you recognize that's the name, by the way, of mystery. Babylon is the name of the great harlot and the people who wail and cry all relate to the economy. And so and so economy is one of the primary ways that governments control people. Economy is the way bosses control employees. You know, and I'm not saying it's all evil, but I am saying at the end of the day, uh, it, it all becomes about controlling people and, and controlling people's choices. Uh, and so the elitists won't do that. But, but you've got to understand something. In Luciferian doctrine, the, the idea was this, and this gets into the elitist. And, and when you, once you get into the elitist, you get into the world government powers. Satan or Lucifer, from the very beginning, his rebellion in heaven was about iniquity. Iniquity is when you reject God's values, God's ethics, God's morals. In fact, it's when you reject God's wisdom and you feel like you have a better plan. And, and iniquity is one of those sins. Remember, there's about eight or nine different Greek words for sin. And iniquity is one of those sins that uh, has more potential for death than anything else. And so in iniquity, Lucifer rejected God's truth, God's wisdom, and, and, and presented his own truth and wisdom. And that's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. Now, as secret occult organizations have, have sprung up around the world ever since the, ever since the Garden of Eden, you, you, have these, you have these occult organizations that are Luciferian in nature. And so the idea is this. Man was held in ignorance and darkness because God did not want them to have knowledge. And Lucifer, who, who came along masquerading as an angel of light, said, I am going to free you from this God who through all of his commandments is keeping you bound in fear because the truth is if you have the right information you can have everything that God is promising you but you don't need God to get it. See it's the same message that took place in the Garden of Eden. In other words you can be a God unto yourself if you just have the right knowledge, the right information. And so and so elitists feel like they have freed themselves from the shackles of morality, the shackles of, of ethics, the shackles of, of God's word that tells you good and evil, that tells you, uh, you, know, you know, what will destroy you and tells you what helps you. You know, that, that they have freed themselves from that. And because they have their eyes are open and they now have the enlightenment that the angel of light offers, which is through this secret knowledge, I'm going to show you how to have everything that 
God says you can have, but you don't have to worry about all the commandments. You don't have to worry about walking with God. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. You can have all that's without God. So the question is this, does God want to keep knowledge from me? Well, no, God doesn't want to keep knowledge from you. But God wants you to have knowledge that is based on wisdom. And wisdom is that capacity to not only put something into practice, but wisdom is that capacity to put something in practice because you know and perceive what the outcome will be. You know what this will produce in your life. You're able to look down the path and see what's going to produce in your life. Now, next week, we're going to take the next step in this. Man, you don't want to miss this because we're going to take a journey into understanding the knowledge of good and evil and whether or not we want to function in, uh, in the wisdom of God or the wisdom of man. And I ask people all the time, how, how consistently do you make the right decision? How consistently do things come out the way you want to? I got news for you. When you walk in God's wisdom, things will always come out. So, so I'm going to be back. We're going to be going on this. I'm telling you, it's going to be all be good. Now listen, take just a few minutes and like this program. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to this channel so we can have people all over the world do this. And be sure and download my mobile app so you can get all that I've got for you. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.